Okay. All right. <clears throat> Good day, everyone. I hope you're all well. And that uh, the fast of Tisha B'Av has passed us. And now we're in the season of Nechama, of comfort and consolation. Hopefully good news. And we'll get out of our current difficulties as best we can. I'd just like to mention that uh, today was the yard site of uh, Max Wilde, the Chona Levrocha. Max was uh, one of the most uh, prominent members of our shul. His presence was felt. He was a doer. He created the Sinai Kolel. And then for everything positive that happened in the shul, he was there. With his support and his advice and his wealth, everything possible. And uh, he's sorely missed. He should be a Melitz Yosher for his wonderful family, the generations, and we'll treasure his memory. I'd also like to make mention of the fact that uh, our esteemed grand lady, Joan Fisher, has added another generation to her family. And uh, so we extend uh, our good wishes to her and her children and her children's children, and to the baby and to everyone involved, that they should continue to have nachat and joy and good health. So, dor holeich v'dor bo. The one generation departs, but the next generation comes. And that's the eternity of the Jewish people. We are beginning the fourth parak in Pirkei Avos this afternoon. Benzoma Omer. Uh, this is Shimon Benzoma. Rabbi Shimon Benzoma. Who was a very great man. But he suffered tragedy. We find often in the Talmud and in the Mishnah, we find it in Jewish history, we find it in contemporary life, that great people have a hard time of it, for whatever reasons. And we're never privy to the reasons. Maybe, uh, maybe if they had an easy time, then uh, we wouldn't have an excuse even for not being a great person. So the idea of Tzadik Varalo, Russia Vitovlo, uh, dominates much of uh, Jewish thought. Be a righteous person and not good things happen to you. So the Gemara tells us, were four great people that what, it's very hard to define what Nichnesu Lapardes means. But most of the commentators say uh, that uh, they reached a level of spirituality 
that they were uh, metaphysically out of this world already. They saw things and they experienced things. And out of the four, everybody had a different reaction, so to speak. So the four included Elisha ben Avuya, who's known in the Talmud as Acher, who became an apostate. He saw too much. Sometimes when you know too much and when you see too much, when you're too close, then you lose it all. Because then there's no deference. Uh, there's nothing that separates you. And therefore, uh, you look at the world and you don't deem it to be fair and just and right and you're unable to accept what life is. So he became an apostate. There are other references in the Gomorrah to him. He became a Roman agent. He was uh, such a great scholar that he was the uh, mentor and Rebbe of Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Meir uh, attempted all of his life to bring him back, but was unsuccessful. So that's one person. Then at the opposite extreme, there was Rabbi Akiva, who uh, had that experience, uh, and he came out to be one of the greatest of all Jews in our recorded history. And he was able to recover from... uh, situations that perhaps lesser people could not have. He, for instance, he said that Bar Kokhba was Mashiach. Bar Kokhba turned out not to be Mashiach. Someone would say, you have a great rabbi that says so-and-so is the Mashiach, and it turns out not to be, so then he's not such a great rabbi. But that was not the fate of Rabbi Akiva. Akiva remains the great rabbi no matter what. And then you have two people in the middle. Ben Ben Zoma and Ben Azai. Both of them, their first names are Shimon. But they were known somehow as only as Ben Zoma and Ben Azai. Some say because they did not assert their own personalities, and therefore they were only called on the name of their fathers. However, so our man here, Benzoma, whose Mishnah we are going to discuss this day, uh, the Talmud tells us eventually he, uh, whether it was dementia or something else, but he, uh, he lost his mind. He was not functioning anymore. And uh, many times uh, that is uh, very tragic. It's tragic for the person, but it's tragic for all those around him as well.
Sometimes you see it happen. And it happens to great people. They say about Rabbi Shalom Salanter that uh, he had a uh, absolutely photographic memory. He remembered everything that ever was. But when he reached a certain stage in his life, he started to forget. He no longer remembered everything. And he was invited once to deliver uh, the Shabbos Tshuva Drasha between uh, Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, the traditional great Shabbat Shuvah Drasha. And his uh, drashot were uh, incomparable. He, he, the whole Torah was uh, revealed to him. It was all there. But now he got up and he started to speak and he couldn't remember what he wanted to say. So he said, you see what happens to a person. He said, well, that's the greatest Shabbos Tshuva Joshua that can ever be said. You see what happens to a person. So Benzoma is typical of that. That's the tragedy. And Ben Azai the Gemara says never married, never made a family. Because having a family, bringing people into the world is a great risk. One never is sure how it's going to turn out. The Gemara tells us that the Novi Yeshaya came to Chizkiyo HaMelech. Now Chizkiyo is one of the most righteous kings that the Jewish people ever had. The Gemara says, Bikish Lasos Chizkiyo Mashiach. He was in the level to be the Mashiach. And at a relatively young age, his 50s, Chizkiyo became very, very ill, terminally ill. And uh, the Novi Yishayo was related to him. Shayo was also from the royal family. And he came to visit Chizkiyo. And uh, Chizkiyo... uh, so to speak, inquired why, you know, why this punishment that I should pass from the world prematurely. So the Novi said to him, because uh, he refused to have children. He refused to uh, bring children into the world. So Chizkiyot told him, I 
am able to foresee whether he meant it as prophecy or intuition or revelation, I don't know. But he said, I'm able to foresee that if I have a son, he will be terribly evil. He'll be a Russia. So I don't want to bring a Russia into the world. So the Novi Yishayo said to him, listen, I, I have a daughter that's a wonderfully pious woman. And you should marry her and you'll have children. Things that heaven has hidden. Heaven never told you not to have children. Your, uh, your intuition tells you so. If things that are hidden by heaven, we should leave them alone. Cannot read, so to speak, God's mind. We don't know what's going on. Uh, so uh, there's a mitzvah. Oh, you do the mitzvah. Whatever happens will happen. And the uh, king agreed. And the uh, Lord, so to speak, added 15 years to his life. So there you have an example of... Uh, And, and the fact of the matter is that Chisio was right, that the son Menashe was a terrible Russia, even though he also did Shuvah at the end. So Benazai uh, is also, uh, the Gemara wonders about it. <laughs> but Benazai was the. Uh, Greatest Talmud Chacham of the generation. Don't forget Rabbi Akiva's in this generation. <laughs> when the Gemara wants to say that somebody is great, he's Ben Azai He's like Ben Azai used to speak in the marketplace in Tveria that everybody came to hear him. He asked him whatever he want and he answers. So uh, back to. Uh, what we began, uh, life is strange. And uh, it's not easy to understand how it works. And that's what Shlomo Melech said. He said it in a more practical sense. Lo lakala meirutz, lo lagibor hamilchamo, lo lachachomim osher, lo lenevonim lechem. Yeah, the race is not always to the swift, and victory is not always to the physically powerful, and wealth doesn't necessarily go to the more intelligent ones, and to the great scholars, they may not even have bread. Life is a mystery. That's why they, and we're so involved in trying to solve the mystery. That's why the, uh, in the social sciences, so to speak, today, the, uh, most of the social sciences are devoted somehow to try and solve the mystery. Psychology, psychiatry, counseling, 
education. All of that is try and untie the knot. Why, what, where? But we must admit that at the end, uh, the mystery still remains. Uh, we do not really understand. And that is very humbling. But that also uh, enables a person to see oneself in perspective. No matter how much I know, I don't know. Rabbeinu Shlomo ben Aderet, the Rashbah said, Tachlit ha-yediya leida shaloneida. The end point of knowledge is to know that you don't know. And that is true. So did uh, Sir Isaac Newton know physics? He sure did. Was he right? No, he sure wasn't. And Einstein, who revolutionized physics, couldn't find the unified theory, which still escapes the human mind today. And in everything that we do there, for every door we open, there's another few doors all of a sudden that we see that are closed. It was one of the errors of the 19th century. There are many errors. I'm uh, in the midst of writing a book about uh, the Orthodox Jewry in the 19th and early 20th centuries before the Shoah. So when you look back at it, there's so many, to us, obvious errors, mistakes that smart people made, that even great and holy people made. Didn't they see it? The answer is uh, that uh, human beings by very by their very nature are constricted. We are limited. And because of those limitations, we can only do the best that we can, but many times the best that we can is not good enough. Doesn't stand the test of time. And therefore, we can be wrong on very great issues. Issues that were life and death. The Torah says, always choose life. How do I know what's, which one is life? That's the mystery of it. That's something that we should keep in mind. Cannot be certain of anything. You know, the Quaker said, I am not certain of anyone, but of me and thee, and I'm really not certain of thee. I can't be sure. Is there any certainty in the world today? Anyone know what there's going to be a month from now? You're making five-year plans, 10-year plans. They published today what the Israeli economy will look like in five years. They don't know what it'll look like in five minutes. So 
So then why? Then just keep quiet. You can't keep quiet because otherwise you're not an expert. The expert always has to say something. The fact that the experts have been consistently wrong doesn't make a difference. So all of that is factored in here. So when the Mishnah tells us Benzoma Omer, so we have to know where it's coming from. It's coming from a person that saw heaven, that thought that he figured it out. But that came up hard upon tragedy. Couldn't function. Nevertheless, the Mishnah quotes him and demands that we learn from him simply because of what he says. Ezel Chacham, who is the wise man? Someone that is able to learn from every human being. And what does he mean by that? First of all, what does it mean by a Chacham? So we, uh, we measure Chacham by IQ? I don't think so. There are people with a high IQ who are absolute fools. IQ measures the ability of intelligence within our brain, how we can absorb information, how much we remember, etc. But it doesn't make us wise. It doesn't give us the wisdom how to interpret events, how to deal with situations in life, how to look at the world that we live in. That has nothing to do with our uh, education or with our intellectual ability. I need not emphasize all of us know that you have some of the smartest people in the world who are stupid. And uh, that is a uh, very telling point. You know, they say uh, the great uh, Zionist orator, Nochem Sokolov, uh, Ian Weitzman, were uh, really uh, the main uh, proponents of Zionism in Eastern Europe after the death of Herzl. So he got up to speak once, and he said, in the Pesach that we read uh, in the uh, Parsha last week, that the nations of the world, when they hear the Torah, when they see the wisdom of God as the Jewish people express it, so they will say, what a great, smart people the Jewish people are. And we are, because look at the, the disproportionate amount of wisdom and accomplishments that Jews have contributed to all of civilization. But he said the following twist. 
He said, if the Am Chochem Venovon only had a little common sense. But nor gahat then how much better off we would be. Because you can be Chochem Venovon and be absolutely stupid. So when Benzoma here is talking about Chochem, he is not, he's not talking about IQ. He's talking about methodology in life, how to make wise decisions, how to see things clearly. So he said that's alomin mikoloda. It's experience. It's looking around at people. It's seeing what works and what doesn't work. It's uh, fascinating how uh, uh, the world keeps on doing things that don't work, and they know they don't work, and they can, you know, know, socialism, communism, Marxism, anarchism, that's all going to be good. It's never been good. It's never worked. Don't uh, confuse me with the fact. And kolodam means every human being. You don't have to, uh, you don't have to be a PhD to be a teacher of people. The wisdom of the ages, and that's what it means. Mikolodam. Kolodam is not only every person. In other words, don't look at his rank, or don't look at the degrees on the wall. But uh, learn from everyone. You see that uh, Chazal emphasized that all of the great leaders of Israel came from lowly occupations. They were uh, shepherds, Hillel, uh, was it a wood chopper? You know, none of them came from, uh, you know, none of them came from the Hebrew University. They, uh, I mean, I don't want to be so blunt, but none of them came from the yeshiva either. I remember that uh, when I was first married. So uh, we got married in the, at the end of June, and then we were going to be sukkahs. And I had never had a sukkah in my life yet, because I lived with my parents in apartment buildings on the west side of Chicago. There was no room to build a sukkah. So we always ate in the sukkah of the yeshiva, which was down the block. And my mother never was able to eat with us. And the sukkahs in Chicago could be very cold. So uh, now that we were married and we had room, I think it was two years or three years in, uh, so I had a backyard. 
So I hired a, a Jewish carpenter to come and build a sukkah for me. And we're going to have our own sukkah and invite my parents. And it was, that was uh, one of my goals in life was to have my own sukkah. So I hired this Jewish carpenter, old European Jew, and he starts building. He measures and he saws and he cuts and he's, uh, he's building it. And I'm uh, watching him. And because I'm so brilliant, I'm giving him a few words of advice. How to build it. And finally, he became exasperated. So he said to me, said to me in Yiddish, but I'll say it in English. He said, listen to me, young man. This is not a blot gemara. This is something you got to know. That was a good lesson for me. Going to build a sukkah, build a sukkah. He knows how to do it. You don't. Don't show off. They say the other joke is that uh, a young rabbi came to town and they asked him to build the mikveh. So he again, he looked in the Mishnah in mikvos and he followed the instructions of the Mishnah perfectly and he built it. But after a few days, the building fell in. They came to him and they said, Rebbe, what happened? He said, I don't know, but I see that Tosfus asks Akasha here. There's, it's questioned. So, it, it, again, it's the realization of your own limitations. And there's also the idea of Mikol Malamdai, his history. What does history teach me? What does the past teach me? Somebody was talking to me, and I'm, I'm not a pessimist, God forbid. All of my life I've been an optimist. I would have made it to learn otherwise. But somebody asked me, you know, what's going to be the end of uh, Jews in, the, in America, which is suddenly a, uh, never was an issue. I mean, never thought about it. But now people think about it because of the political and economic situation and all sorts of social disruptions, etc., etc. So he said, what's going to be? Like, I'm supposed to know. I'm supposed to give advice. So I told him, I have no advice. I don't know tomorrow what's going to happen. The only thing that I know is that from the study of Jewish history, no exile has ended well. That's what I know. How, what, where, what's the definition of when, of well, I can't give you, but I, none of them have ended well. It closed down, something happens. You ask a Jew in 1925, in uh, Central Europe, France, and the Netherlands. He's in good shape. What are you talking about? He's buying uh, 
bonds from the government that will pay off in 30 years, right? He doesn't know that uh, it's, it's going to end, uh, boom. In 10 years, it'll all be gone. So, so that's what we call lambda. I learned from everybody. If I learned from history, I learned from events. I cannot predict details. I cannot predict dates. But general patterns are apparent, certainly in Jewish history. So that's the Chacham. That's the person who has wisdom. He sees what happens. He hears from everyone. He has a sense and a perspective of history. And he's willing to absorb from whoever comes to teach him something. The carpenter that's building my sukkah, he's my rebbe. Taught me something. Just because you know the Gemara doesn't mean you know how to build a sukkah. That's a great lesson in life. And that's what the Pulsic says. I learned from everyone. Your witness, again, history, that's the conversation with me. That tells me what happened. And then I can understand what to do. Ezeo Gibor HaKovesh Who is the strong man? Someone who has discipline, self-discipline. The Torah is built on self-discipline. All of society is built on self-discipline. You see, there are not enough police in the world to control when people don't want it to listen. When people want to riot and people want to destroy, yeah, we're powerless. It's only the self-restraint, only my respect for your property or your person that otherwise Ish Israel Chaim blow, it says you swallow the people whole and destroy people. I would say that uh, the movement to defund the police would be a very good idea if if the society had self-discipline. But a lawless society without self-discipline, then it's suicidal. So, for instance, uh, traffic. Uh, when the light is red, cars stop. That's self-discipline. There are no policemen standing at the corner there. But we understand that you have to follow what the life, light shows. So in all aspects of life, self-discipline. 
Yosef HaTzadik said to the wife of Potiphar, how can I do this? She said, nobody's looking. There's nobody here. There's no police. There's nothing. What are you, what are you afraid of? That he had the moral self-discipline that was instilled within him by his father. He said, how can I do this? Such, such an evil thing. So that's the Gibor. It's COVID Shesitra. He has self-discipline. And that's an important thing to teach the children. Not that they should be afraid of getting a beating. Not should be afraid of getting a bad mark. Not that they should be afraid of the consequences. They should be afraid of the fact that they couldn't control themselves. And that takes a long time to teach, if at all. And it's not easy to communicate. But it's the only self. It's the only uh, a way to safeguard anything, right? All the problems, alcoholism, drugs, everything else, because there's no self-discipline. You see, he can't stop the drug trade. The government spend trillions of dollars to stop it. It's like prohibition was in America. Completely unsuccessful. The only way to stop it is self-discipline. So when an American uh, president, I think it was his wife, said, the answer is just say no, everybody mocked her. That's a program? But that was the only program that could really have resonance, that could accomplish anything. Just say no, no, I'm not going to do it. And that's the true Gibor. That's the true hero. Because he's in control of himself. Whereas without it, everything else is in control of the person. Shneemar again. It says in the Pesach that better than Milochedir, more it's better than the one that conquers the city. And Forshim say it's the one that conquers the city that has to have the self-discipline. I have the ability to conquer the city. I can destroy everything, and I don't let it happen. That's the giver. This Ben-Gurion used to talk about Neshek Tahor in the Israeli army. Unfortunately, we're a long way from there. Ezeo Oshir. And who's the wealthy man? Someone that can say enough. I have enough. 
he rejoices in what he has. He doesn't know what, what, what tomorrow will bring. What was worried about tomorrow? Tomorrow we don't control. So even in all of my boy, there are people that want more. Not satisfied. You come to all of my boy and you'll see that uh, your competitor is uh, two steps ahead of you. He's got a better seat. So for all eternity, you're going to feel bad. Because uh, how come? So Ashrech of is satisfaction. You know, be satisfied with what you have. And actually the drive is to have more. But that drive doesn't make you wealthier, it makes you poorer. Because there will always be somebody that has more, and you it's like drinking salt water, you will never be full. So you had here three things Chokom, Gibor, Oshe. So we have the famous Posik that was read on Tishabov in the Haftorah of the great Novi Yermia. Let not the wise man praise himself because of his wisdom. And let not the strong man praise himself because of his strength and discipline. And let not the wealthy man praise himself because he has what he needs and he doesn't want more. That's not enough to praise yourself. I'll tell you what you can praise yourself for. To know me, to get it, to understand life. To understand what the Lord wants from us. That's what I want. Goodness, righteousness, justice. That's what I want from you. To understand me. So even someone that's a chocham, according to Benzoma, and even someone that's a gibber, according to Benzoma, and even someone that's an Oshir, according to Benzoma, Al Yisalel, don't brag about it, because you're still not there. You're only there, Haskel Viadoosi. When you use your intelligence, and your abilities, your life experience, everything that you have, and you have an understanding of God and of our relationship to the Creator. And you do that through Tzdoka Mishpat, through righteousness and justice. 
So then you have a glimpse of what your mission in life is, what you should really accomplish. So I think this is a very uh, relevant and powerful Mishnah. It's certainly worth our consideration. I thank you all for watching. I wish you a very good week. And Amir Tzishem, uh, Thursday we'll have the uh, Parsha share. And everyone should stay well and happy. We'll hear good news from each other. Cold tube seller.